It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. You're Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. I thought about a series of different ideas for really what I wanted to do with this podcast. And one that kind of inspired me was something that came up actually while I was up in Portland for the Nike Hoop Summit, and I didn't talk about it then, but it came up again. Tim Kawakami has done some great work talking with a lot of the players on the Warriors who are prospective free agents. And so he wrote a piece kind of putting together a couple of his different ideas. And I've spent time and digital link on Kevin Durant's decision. And for those of you who want the walkthrough of that, you can get that through my work on The Athletic and also through the history of Lockdown Warriors. I did, an, I think I did an update on this at some point in March with when I went through the new CBA. Uh, so I'm not going to spend time on that other than how it relates to this. And so what I want to do is I want to walk through a little bit about what Andre Guadalla said about his pending free agency when he was on Kawakami's The TK Show podcast, and also some a little bit about Ian Clark, because Ian Clark's another player who has been the subject of some, not, not speculation meaning like media members, but just in terms of fans and everything like that. And I wanted to clarify a little bit about his situation as well, because it's in many ways the most interesting other than Durant's just because it has a lot of other moving pieces and it won't take long to explain but I wanted to have that out there but you start with Iguodala for obvious reasons other than Curry and Durant he is the Warriors most important pending free agent of the many 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 they have and in the conversation with Kawakami they got on the the topic of free agency and basically so I'll I'll read one part of it verbatim just so they were they had been talking about you know whether he was going to come back or not and Tim asks, you'll be back next year? And Iguodala says in typical Andre fashion, I didn't say that, but Bob, Bob Myers and I have conversations all the time about different scenarios and different things, not just about me, but about the rest of the team. So I don't see it being a big problem at all. Again, he's not committing. That's smart. You know, I, I, as somebody who has given up on interpreting Andre Iguodala tweets a long time ago, you don't want to take everything verbatim. You don't want to go through everything. But what that shows is a clear head kind of on, on where things are and uh, kind of maybe the idea of just being a little bit open to it. And they talk later on. And I fully recommend that you not only read Tim's work on this, but also listen to the podcast with Iguodala for greater context and everything else. But why I find Iguodala talking a little bit about this so compelling is that the situation is not entirely in his control. So the reason Kevin Durant taking a little bit less money is significant is because it would theoretically, if if he basically signs for a 20% raise, then the Warriors can stay over the cap instead of going under to sign him. And then that means they can retain their guys with bird rights. So that means Livingston, that means Iguodala primarily, and it actually also impacts Ian Clark. I'll talk about that a little bit later. So it opens the door for that. If he wants his maximum money, no one will begrudge him for it, but it makes it a lot harder for the Warriors to have a competitive team around him. The cap 
going down from the estimate from 102 to 101, which is where things are right now, actually hurts the Warriors more. It does make Durant's choice a little narrower. The sacrifice he's making in money is $350,000 less, if that if that holds. But you think about that as $350,000 of a million, 650000 in that case go, would theoretically make the choice if Durant wanted to maximize his money that much harder. It, it gets The math gets tougher. So we'll, we'll see with that. But so with Iguodala, the decision on him is largely dependent on what Kevin Durant does. So they can have many understandings and they it all does really depend on Durant because they if assuming he's the priority and Steph Curry's his own thing if anybody needs clarification on that I can make I can make that case but basically he has a lower cap hold because of his cheaper contract right now and they can go over that to pay him that's the benefit of bird rights. So with Iguodala one way is if Durant, you know, sacrifices that money then they can go with Bur- then they can sign Iguodala with bird rights. And then they can basically pay him whatever they want. I mean, that money will go into luxury tax payments for Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber. But in terms of the actual functionality, they can do whatever they want within the within the realms of legal contracts. And Iguodal will have full bird rights. That means they can go even up to five years if they wanted to. And they could go 8% raises. They could go in a lot of different directions. I don't think they're going to do that, but they theoretically could. If Durant decides to maximize his money, I would ballpark it. I haven't redone the math after that piece in the new cap estimate. I ballpark it that the Warriors would have about $5.2 million in cap space and a little bit less than that in a separate fund for the room mid-level exception, which raised a little bit this year. That's the equivalent of what they used to sign Zaza Pachulia this year. And that would really be if Durant uses cap space, unless they move some guys on existing salaries, that's really going to be all they have to add to the team. So that gets a little dicey for Iguodala or Livingston. That's why the Durant sacrifice is such a big deal. There is another pathway here, and I know that it would drive a lot of people who are fans of other teams and a competitive league absolutely insane, but it is a possibility worth mentioning here that is really, really captivating, and people would freak out about precedent, but there is a direct precedent. So basically, Iguodala could also... If Durant wanted to maximize his money, he could take a low salary and we can define low however you want. It could be as low as the minimum. It could be higher than that. Really, whatever works for one year. And if he signs that deal for one year, presumably they'd give him a player option on the second year just to give him an out. But what happens there is the way cap space works in the NBA is that you you have those bird rights. Actually, this is how bird rights work, not how cap space works. You have those bird rights. And signing a one-year contract in this case wouldn't change that. He would come out of that contract with the same with the same full bird rights. And full bird rights allow a player and team to agree to anything up to their maximum. So what that means is Iguodala could take a big pay cut for the 2017-18 season to fill in the gaps for Durant, whatever else, however else you want to do it. And then it has to be on a new contract, but that's not a problem because you sign him on a one-year deal. Then in 2018 they can basically sign him to whatever contract they want and you don't have to worry about the issues in terms of cap space because the Warriors will be miles and miles and miles over the cap at that point because they will have signed Durant and they will have signed Stephen Curry and they already have Draymond and Klay Thompson. So 
that is kind of a mind-blowing possibility. The, the even more exaggerated part of it could be that theoretically he could take the minimum and then his cap hold would be the minimum. But as I said, the Warriors aren't going to be a salary cap team. So that doesn't really matter anyway. And that would cause certain people's brains to explode just because it would be so favorable to the Warriors. And oh, how could this happen? Mondu Ginobili just did this. In order to get Marcus Aldridge onto the San Antonio Spurs, the Warriors, or not the Warriors, the Spurs had to ask both Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili, who were both free agents that year, to take pay cuts. And both of them did. Both of them took less money than they had had in their in their prior career. Tim Duncan got a player option on the second year. Manu Ginobili, I think he did as well. I don't remember exactly. But Duncan ended up picking up his option and then retiring, and he's getting paid that money now. Ginobili was on a super cheap contract. I believe it was even a minimum or was minimum or room mid-level exception. He was on a super cheap contract because that's all they had really to get LaMarcus Aldridge. He did that. And then the next summer, they weren't really, you know, spending as much cap space. They did sign Pau Gasol. So they basically still had full bird rights on Manu and gave him a bunch of money. I think he's getting about $20 million this year. So that exact same pathway could be possible for Iguodala if the sides want to do it. And one really important point to make here is that if that's the pathway the Warriors go, they need to be insanely sure that Bob Myers... Andre Guadalla and his representation do not have any sort of agreement for what that second contract would be like, because that is the issue that cost the Minnesota Timberwolves so dearly years and years ago in a story I nearly included in the book because it involves Joe Smith, but then realized this isn't a story about the Warriors. So basically what happened in the Joe Smith situation is that after the whole circumstance where the Warriors traded him to Philadelphia, that was right around with the lockout because Joe Smith said he basically wasn't going to resign with the Warriors. That was right before the lockout. And Joe Smith surprisingly signed this really cheap deal with Minnesota. And everybody's like, well, that's weird. You know, he signed for less money with Minnesota. And I believe it was after the first year of that contract, it came out, I think because Joe Smith left his agent and his agent revealed it is as a part of some sort of lawsuit that Smith and Kevin McHale or people around it. I don't think, I'm not saying definitively it was those individuals, but there was some sort of understanding that Smith would take less money in exchange for a larger deal once the team had full bird rights. And the the league ruled that being as circumvention and punished the Timberwolves severely, gave them a big fine, cost them three or four draft picks. I can't remember offhand whether it was three or four, but first round picks. That's a big deal. So the Warriors would want to stay away from that, but that's pretty easy to do because all they would really have to do is just come to that agreement and they can just kind of see like, well, well, we'll see where things are after that. And considering the genial relationship between the two sides, that is another option. So I would kind of call that the third way with him. And theoretically, that's open to Sean Livingston too. The difference is that Livingston is a less central part of the team and Livingston has made less money over his career. So it would be more surprising to see him do that. It's possible. You never know, but it's certainly there. So that's really the Iguodala situation. So if Durant takes the discount, they can pay him whatever they want. If Durant wants his maximum, they can, he, and he wants to stay, he can take less money either on a one-year deal or they can structure it a different way. I also wanted to talk about Ian Clark because Clark's situation is very unusual for the Warriors. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it. So this is Clark's second year on the Warriors and he is making the minimum. So that means a couple of different things. One, that means his hold on the books 
is the is is the minimum salary for a player with two years of experience because the league wants to incentivize teams keeping along real veterans on their team they lower the cap holds and actually in the case when the players actually sign the contracts the league actually reimburses the teams the difference between that number and the player's actual salary because they have this whole minimum salary scale you can check it out on real gm if you want the league does that so that teams don't save money by signing i mean they can still send rookies and save money but like you know younger veterans that they don't want to save that you know three four hundred thousand dollars so with with ian clark he has this really low cap hold and that is a big advantage for the warriors and the second piece that's a big advantage to him is that since this is his second year on the warriors they have what are called early bird rights and early bird rights have been relevant in the LeBron James free agent negotiations with the Cavs. You know, he signed a two-year deal, everything else like that. It's also really interesting in the context of Ian Clark because Clark is, as I said, a rarity for the Warriors because what you can't do with, with early bird rights is sign a player to his maximum. You don't have that flexibility. However, you can give the player a significant raise and there's a kind of an out in this for guys that are making very little money. So a player who is on that in that circumstance, they can get either 120% of their salary, you know, so of their salary the prior year, which in his case is very low, or if it's larger, they can get the so actually, sorry, I should clarify, it's 175% of the prior salary, but for Ian Clark, that's actually still really low. Or the estimated average player salary. And that's where this gets really interesting for Ian Clark, because salaries have been rising really, really quickly. And the estimated average player salary, uh, Albert Namad, who is a very talented salary cap guy, he focuses on the heat, but he knows this stuff really well. He's estimating the average salary for 2017-18 being about $7.8 million. So theoretically, if they wanted to, the Warriors could offer Ian Clark, while still having that minimum hold, within their rights, they could offer him a contract that would start around that $7.8 million number. It could run as far as four years. It could have 8% raises. So it could be a pretty lucrative contract. If they want to, they can go in that direction. The, the downsides are, A, who knows if he's going to be worth that sort of a contract. B, is that exactly what he wants? You know, like, does he does he really want that? Because as an unrestricted free agent, the Warriors can offer that, but that doesn't mean he has to accept it. They don't have match rights or anything like that. He can do whatever, whatever it is that he wants. But that option is on the table for the Warriors. And there is a very reasonable argument to be made, and I think I would probably make this argument, that Clark would benefit in terms of how much the Warriors are willing to pay him if Durant maximizes his money and then thus limits the Warriors cap space because the difference between his minimum hold and the absolute bare minimum for the league is not that much. It's a couple hundred thousand and they could pay him a lot of money. And so then theoretically, if Livingston, you know, doesn't want to take kind of the paltry money that's left, they can sign Clark for a one-year deal or for a multi-year deal. And make the money work and it's not going to be prohibitively expensive it will raise their luxury tax bill just like i talked about with iguodala but it won't be that big a deal so i think that's an option that's on the table potentially just as kind of a, a mitigation of disaster you never know what clark's going to get offered on the open market 
especially with just how teams can value him. With certain players, it's just, you know, who falls in love. But with other players, with Clark, it's just who values them. Who's going to give him a big number? Does he want to come to the Warriors? Would he take less money to play with the Warriors? What would that even be? Those are all lingering questions that are of great significance moving forward for Clark and for the Warriors. And so we will have to see how that works for him. He's not the priority for them, but I I think they would love to have him back, especially if Livingston kind of falls by the wayside. And I've talked about this before, but if the Warriors have to use cap space, if Durant wants to go that direction, they're going to need either Livingston to take a, a, a big pay cut or something else because they're probably going to want to use that room mid-level exception so they have those two pools of money, the cap space and the room mid-level. If that happens, they would probably want to use that room mid-level exception to sign a center because Zaza Pachulia is an unrestricted free agent. David West is an unrestricted free agent. JaVale McGee is an unrestricted free agent. So they, they have all these guys that are basically going to be on the block. And while Damian Jones, you know, was had D-League player of the month, I believe, for March, he's not going to be the starting center on a championship contender next year. So that means it's even harder to add a, a backup point guard. So they would, I, my instinct would be that they would be more open to, to signing Ian Clark. But if somebody offers Clark a crazy deal, he's another one of those players who has never had a big contract like Livingston, but actually to an even greater degree, just because he's been in the league less time and he didn't have Livingston's pedigree. So if Clark wants to cash out, he absolutely can and absolutely should. But that's something to watch moving forward. And so I wanted to talk about those two guys just kind of set the table. And because I I wasn't really ready to talk about the series again, talked a lot about it with Adam Lordson last night and really enjoyed that conversation. So didn't really want to build on that. Have a couple of ideas for tomorrow. Still working on exactly what I want to do. So thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com, at DannyLaRue on Twitter. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. I do not promise to take the time to respond, but I I will say those two. I will say that I'll read it. So take that for what you will. If you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, download every episode, spread the word by word of mouth. Uh, it's been a really nice little run for Lockdown Warriors. I've been thrilled with the response to episodes like the one with Marcus Thompson, which was awesome. I love Marcus and it was great to have him on. If you haven't listened to that, we talked about his book, Golden, about Steph Curry. We also talked about just a million other things in terms of covering the team and everything else. And if you ever wanted to hear somebody make fun of me, that's a good example of it. There are plenty of others, but that's a good one. So you can appreciate that as well. Marcus is, I'm still working through the book, but really enjoying it. So you can check that out as well. So that's enough rambling. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.